Regina Nissan is the presenting sponsor of the Off the Hosel podcast. And this month, you can choose your vehicle and your bonus during the big thrill sales event. You can lease the new 2021 Nissan Murano for as low as $193 biweekly for 39 months with $950 down. Or check out the new 2021 Nissan Sentra, leased as low as $54 weekly for 60 months with $0 down. Make sure to head down to Regina Nissan at 1111 Broad Street, Regina, Saskatchewan. Or visit them online at reginanissan.ca. Or check them out on social media at Nissan Regina. Drive Nissan. Harbor Golf Club and Resort offers an exciting challenge to all levels of golf enthusiasts. This 18-hole championship golf course is situated on the bluffs overlooking the scenic Lake Diefenbaker in Elbow, Saskatchewan. Feast your eyes on the panoramic views of miles of sandy beaches, the lake, and our spectacular golf course. Take the opportunity to get away from life's hustle and bustle and support local by planning your next day trip to Harbor Golf. Use off the hosel code on your next booking and get 20% off green fees and a $20 food and beverage voucher for your foursome. Offer not applicable with any other promotion. And that's four birdies in a row for Drew Kosher to close out the day with a smooth 69, ladies and gentlemen. And would you look at that, Troy Kosher stripes one right down the middle on the wrong fairway. The Reverend can't drive, he can't hit his irons, and he can't putt, but boy, can that guy drink. You're listening to Off the Hosel, presented by Nissan Regina. Now here's your host, Drew Kosher, and co-host, Troy McClure Kosher. Alrighty, hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Off the Hosel. This is episode 75. My name is Drew Koser, I'm your host. I'm not joined by the picking machine today, or the intern, but I'm joined by my brother, the co-host, Troy Koser. hey Oh, there it is. It's been it's been quite some time since we've heard that. That one's for know. Danny. Danny Klugart. There it is, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Lots on the agenda today, Troy. But first, we'd like to mention that this is a Nissan-driven podcast. They're the number one place to get your next vehicle, oil change, or any vehicle-related needs. They're located on 1111 Broad Street in Regina, Saskatchewan. It's time you drive Nissan. And Troy, as always, wants you to rip off where our studio is and where we record from. Divots Indoor Golf, 6823 Rochdale Boulevard. Again, close for the season, but uh, once the uh, white stuff starts falling, make sure to check these guys out. Seven great simulators, awesome golf, awesome people, food, bar, place to be in Regina for your indoor golf. So uh, the old saying is, play divots, don't make them. Yeah. Wow, we're back. And we're actually sitting in our old spot here. And I, I like it because I don't have to hold my mic right now. It's kind of weird. I do. Yeah, sorry. But... Troy, we have a lot to talk about today. I know there's a lot of sports going on. We had a big weekend up in Nippon. We'll, we'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about PGA, the NHL playoffs, and the Habs. Wow. Um, if you want to talk some baseball, I got carved, I got carved by Benny Hebes the other day about calling Bouchette again. It's not his name. So I'm not, I don't know if I could be a Jays fan if I can't even say that his name. I told you, get on the A's wagon. So, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. First up, uh, what's up with you? How you been? What's the weekend, uh, this past weekend for you? And yeah, what's new? I, uh, I'm settled. We're back in the city full time. Moved here. We're settled. We're done. Uh, Jill had an accident though. She broke her sacrum, which is the... Her ass. No. 
her back. And she'd punch you in the face for saying that. It was it's <laughs> the lowest disc in her back, so and there's not really a But it's that one between your spine, right? Yeah. You can't cast it obviously. Oh. Um it's going to be like a minimum 6 to 12 week rehab on it. So she's been pretty She's on the IR, 6 to 12. She's on the IL, the old injured list, yeah. Um Is, wait, what would they say that for the NHL or something? Mid body? That'd be a mid-body. Mid-body yeah. injury, 6 to 12. Yeah. Um, Get better, Jill. She's been in a lot of pain, but uh, she'll pull through. I know that for a fact. Ready so to do. I've been uh, trying to help her as much as I can around the house. Uh, yeah, we're happy to be back in Regina, I'll tell you that. It's uh, NOD, baby. I don't know for all our listeners out there if that means north of Dudney. I know a few of our guests, uh, possibly one of them today, knows exactly what that means. Yes, he but, does. Uh, North of Dudney, place to be. What's new with you? I know, I, I, I kind of just want to go here. Um, I know you were super, super, super busy the past weekend, so I went and did a bunch of noteworks for the podcast today. Thank you. And I kind of want to interview you. Um, I've got a bunch of questions that I know our listeners want to hear. You just didn't have a lot of time to prepare for today because you, no. you were gone, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? No, Friday, Saturday. No, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Back to work yesterday. And then, boom, here we are. Yeah, so it's a busy week. But just to um, you know, quickly rip off what I've just been up to is, you know, hockey's right around the corner here. So I've been on the ice with my camp. That's been going on heavy. We have a two-week break right now, which is kind of nice. I don't know if I said congratulations or not. I haven't seen you. Congrats on the new head coach job. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So I've been doing a lot with my, my summer camp. But now it's kind of getting all the guys, all the returning players back in the group chat here. You know, our plans for the year, getting on the ice, and then all our new recruits that we're now announcing and, you know, lead meeting this Saturday. So, yeah, I've been pretty busy. Uh, my gal really, really enjoys that. Um, she gets it, though. She's a beauty. So, um, but, yeah, spending a lot of time with her lately now, which is nice. And If I had yeah. that techno, techni, techie side of me, I'd push a button, and that song by Beyonce would say, something, 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 better put a ring on it. Something, something, something. Better. If you like it, then you put hey, it. Hey, there you go. Thanks for helping yeah. me out yeah, there. there. Yeah. Anyways, I don't have that uh, in That's front right. of me. So, but yeah, I, I've been good though, and I had a great time this past weekend. Yeah, you boys. guys. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I I wanted to be there. Uh, I worked all weekend. Yep. And that's why I couldn't be there. I, I followed uh, along with Instagram. You guys, you guys did a phenomenal job up there uh, with the interviews with all the players. Um, I mean, you, you, you were the first to tee off too. So I could imagine your days were long. We're going to get into this. I have a whole Q and a with you. I want to ask you about. So, Sick. uh, before we get to that, I don't know. Do you, do you have anything else you want to chat about? What else is going on in your life? What's uh, new? I'm trying to think, you know, um, like I guess back to my gal and getting her out of the range. She's like in golf, which is awesome to see. Yeah. The back injury with Jill really screwed things up. She actually had. Her and friend of our show, Scott, his wife, Trista, where they were going to take lessons through Mr. Dietz. Nice. And not Deeds, <laughs> Mr. Dietz. Mr. D. With her injury. I'm there. awesome. No, you're not, dude. Don't try. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that kind of got put on hold right now. So it sucked because I, I thought this is the year that Jill was really going to get into golf. And I know she wanted to, but yeah, is what it is. Quickly, before I start ripping off some notes here, I guess we should, you know, recap last week's podcast with Dean Prosky. Uh, Brian Munns, a beauty, and uh, now he's been at, he's been outed. Uh, Tory Coughlin, we you know we 
had a great um, great podcast with him, episode 74. We talked about the SAS Top 25 Power Rankings. We talked, you know, golf with Dino and the tournament he runs that we're going to get into. And, you know, Brian Munz's new job, too, with the director of golf ops with Golf Manitoba. And we talked some Jets hockey, and we'll talk about that later as well. So it was a great interview. I don't know, like, what were your thoughts on the interview? Yeah, all three of them were really good, actually. Uh, I shouldn't say actually, like it was a... We've had bad ones. No, they were really good. Uh, Tori private messaged me on me and him were talking. Oh, shocker! I think Thursday night we were chit chatting a little bit there, so he was really happy to be back on the show. Um, I know he was going to send you some power ranking stuff. Um, no, Brian Munns. Like, yeah, yeah, again, great guests. I know it was a longer podcast, but it wasn't got, that bad actually. It was only an you, hour and change. You guys driving up to Nippon though? What else can you do? I, right, honestly, right? a lot of the guys I talked up there, they're like, listen to that pod. And it was kind of cool to ask some of the guys, and like, and not in a like, let her, let her childish way, like, hey, have you heard the podcast yet? It was like, hey, like, what's your favorite one? And all the boys were like, we love the, the local guys. We love the kind of the cool guests you have on. But also, they loved that one, especially because it was, it's been a year and a half since so we had a golf tournament. You know, we had the AM last year in Warman, but that was it. Like, there was no golf tournaments last year. So a lot of guys were pretty pumped to, you know, listen to see and, you know, get up there and play. Well, that's one of the first things I asked you before we went on the air. Uh, you know, let, let's just go into it. The Scotia Wealth Open at Nipwin, right? I mean, you guys are up at Evergreen Golf Club there. Um, one of the first things I asked you was, did the people know who you were not from golf? Did they know who Off the Hosel brand was? And the first thing you said was? Yes. Yeah, no, for sure. And, like, a lot of guys, you know, like, they're, you know, they, they chuckle with me because they know me and they know they can push my buttons, which is fine. Um, but, no, they were. I think that a lot of them were... You know, they were excited we were there. Like, whether, like, I'm not James Duthie, and I'm not Jim Nance, but... Hello, friend. <laughs> but uh, to, like, do those interviews with the guys coming in off 18, like, that made me want to play well. Because if I didn't play well, not that it added pressure on me, but if I, if I would have shot, you know, 93, I'd get carved. Yeah. Right? I had the, I had the best tee time of the day. It's 9 o'clock, fresh greens, fresh grass, birds are chirping. Can nope. I ask you a question? I'm going to cut up? you off. You just said something. I always wondered. Is it better to have the first tee time of the day or, the, or in the, one of the last ones? Depending on weather, but yeah. You I'm have, even talking PGA guys. Oh, you, you, have, you get the fresh tarps. Okay. Fresh rugs. There's okay. no one walking around. Or, okay. Yeah. So, so Continue. So. No, yeah, just <clears throat> I think long story short is I think it was we got so many messages and phone calls on the way home. Like my phone, like I don't know how I sleep at night, but we got so many phone calls and messages. We need more of that. <clears throat> and, and what we brought there was huge. And, you know, I think, <clears throat> sorry, but, um, yeah. It's you know, that northern air. Yeah. So doing all the, the interviews and talking to the people after the round and just interacting with the head pro, you know, Derek and all these guys up there. It was, it was a lot of fun and people really enjoyed it. So I think, uh, you know, the goal is to continue that in further years. And hopefully when this is over, we get to do more and more golf tournaments. So, yeah. So, I mean, the tournament ended up, I've got some stats written out here and a few questions. So we had Phil Jonas, who I see in the interview, and I'm sure our listeners did too. Uh, he shot 68-71 to win the tournament. 70. Okay, it's... 600? I got 68-71 off the website. Oh, yeah. I don't know. My, I think it was 600, but either way, go on. Tell our listeners that don't know, how old are you, Drew? I'm 25. How old is Phil Jonas? I want to say 59. Give us a quick backstory on Phil Jonas. Congratulations, by the way, Phil. Yeah, congrats to Phil. First off, first-class guy. Um, you know, I got to interview him twice. <laughs> He's played in 45, at least, PGA events. He's playing the British Open. And very humble, like I said. And, you know, he, what, what blew my mind was I didn't see him play, but I saw him on 18. 
he throws a wedging on 18, and then he putts left-handed. So it was, uh, you know, like I, I've seen people do that. Not many pros I've ever seen them do that. So Philip played really well. You know, Cade Johnson, you know, missing a putt on 18 to go to a playoff. 68-72 I got him scratched down for. And then there's a four-way tie for T3. We had uh, a friend of the show, Danny Klugart, 70-73. Stud. Jerry Christensen. Stud. Ty Campbell. Stud. And Alex Swinnerton. Yeah, good. he's a big fan of the show, and he played really well too. So, I mean, a very good field. Um, I'm, I'm kind of just kind of bouncing back around here. I got your name scratched down because, of course, you're my brother, and I was rooting for you. So after day one, you shot, As you should. You shot 71. You were uh, tied for... No, you were alone in second place after day one? No, I was... Or sorry, that was... I was three back going into day two. Right. Sorry, I, there was a tweet that I believe Golf Sass had out that yeah. you were the leader, but there was still golf. Yeah, the golf me course. and Greg Swenson, yeah. So you, you you shoot 71 the first day. You tee off at 9 a.m. Your round of golf's probably four hours. Dude, we, we played in three hours and 57 minutes with a great group with uh, Stephen Douche. Steven Doucher and uh, Ashley Zadieman. Zadie's a beauty. Douche had, we had a fun time. We uh, Zadie got two two bullets at the turn and you know shot two hundred through nine in the back nine and yeah, so great great group that day. So you play a four hour round that takes you to one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, that's good math. I had to double check my math, my fingers. It's not guy. <laughs> From one o'clock until I'm assuming you just fill us in what. Long day. I texted Christian. By the way, thanks to him up there all weekend. Wow, did he put in a shift. Uh, and, and Rip, obviously, carrying my bag. Um, <laughs> yeah, we. I texted him on 16. I said, hey, grab the audio stuff. Grabs it, gets the table 18. I got off 18. I potted, handed my card in, signed it. Who knows if it was correct or not. Just kidding. Signed my card, went behind 18. I literally pulled off my playing shirt put on the perfect turf sh shirt that sponsored the event. And I, I was there for till 8 o'clock, I think we left. So that's, uh, well, what time are you at the course? Probably 8 o'clock in the morning, right? I was on the range by 8.30, yep. And you see you're putting 12 and a half, 13 hour day in. Plus that. So how though. did you, that's what I'm saying. So how did you, and I guess I'm, I'm, I want to put a little bit of a spin on it. So the Phil Jonas's, the Kay Johnson's, the Danny Klugart's, the Jerry Christensen's, the Ty Campbell's, the Swinnerton's, they go out and play their own golf. They go back to their hotel room and relax, have a pop, have a sure. shower, sleep, prepare for the next day. For yourself, teeing off that early, being at the course all day, doing interviews, post, pre, how did your mental state work for you Sunday uh, knowing that you're actually you're in contention too yeah It'd be a different story if you shot 87 yeah right then you wasted. just you would have just said screw it, let's have a good time yeah but knowing that you're in contention to win this thing being at the course that long how how was your mental state Sunday morning going into your round well yeah I mean I got back to the hotel we ordered pizza and I think we watched Christian cut content as we did a video threw it up that night and I think I showered at 12.15 at night, or a.m., I guess. I think I had four, four Molson drinks. Like, and then I woke up, and I said, hey, I didn't play good golf today. But I, I didn't drink. I didn't whatever. And, you know, I know, I know a lot of guys I did, and which is totally fine. You know, I think Grant Fierce has the best friend of the show. 
if you can't play guilty, you can't play at all. And, I mean, he's only won six Stanley Cups. But I think my attitude, my mentality was I wanted to play so good this year by putting in six months of working in the offseason, thanks to our sponsor, Divots. You know, I went out there and I said, hey, I want to, you know, play good today. If I shoot even par, I'm probably in it. You know, 71, I'm probably in again. You know, unfortunately, I wasn't. I shoot 75. I wasn't terrible. I had one bad swing. Uh, and I had no mojo. But I think definitely I was fatigued for sure. But not carrying my own bag or pushing my own bag. Saved some energy. You know, ripped it a lot of that for me. Obviously, in a great job. But I think my job, my goal was to win. And everyone always asked me that question. I think Wapple asked me that or someone else asked me, like, what's your honesty mindset going to the tournament? Well, to win. Yeah, you, don't, you don't want to go there to play second. No. Like, I want to go there and win. You know, like, my, actually, I wanted to play so good day one. I, if I had to play with Philip Jonas, I would have loved to. Would have been great for the podcast. Well, I'm great for your own your Gain own to learn game, from him, too, right? yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, definitely it was a little fatigued, but it's not an excuse. I mean, I didn't party or anything, so, but I put a lot of work in. We, we were up till, you know, Christian's up to play 2 a.m. And, you know, so I was just going to say, so you kind of check mar- checkmarked a few of the questions and say, were you happy the way you played? You kind of just answered it. 71 is a great score. 75 still a great score. It's a great score. I kind of slapped it around though, day two. I'll be honest. I didn't hit it great. I voted one and two, and I looked at Danny and said, this is certain, looked like two years ago. And he goes, pull your head out of your ass. Let's play Yeah, golf. but two years ago, if I remember correctly, the night before you went out and got all hammered up and wasted. Yeah, but I started Bodie Bodie day two this day, and yeah. I said, I said, wow, this isn't very fun. You know, I got back to even par, and we had a blast. Our, our group had no mojo, though. You know, we played with uh, Peyton Okitwa and Danny, and I'd never met Peyton before. Great kid. And and Danny's obviously a stud, and I respect him a lot. So it was a lot of fun playing with those two guys. And, yeah, maybe we just had no mojo. So the days for Turner and Christian, long days? I mean, I know you told me off the air that Christian or Turner's got bruises up and down his right thigh. Yeah, I mean, I, I put 12 golf balls in my golf bag, and I think this is a question we should ask more pros that we have on the show. Uh, I put 12 in be, due to the fact, I think, and it's not a, I don't think that's a, you know, um, what's that word I'm looking for? I didn't put 12 golf balls in my bag knowing that I'm going to lose eight. I think it was more of a comfort zone thing if I do lose enough golf balls, but I think if I lose 12 golf balls, I probably should go home. <laughs> but, you know, turn, carrying that around, I think I, dr- I drank a flat of water on Saturday. Myself. Yeah, it was only like 33, wasn't it? I, I lost 15 pounds, yeah. so yeah. that was good. But Turner battled all, all day. He great caddy, did a lot of good things, you know, washing the clubs and calling good shots and good mental, good positive. I learned a lot from Dale. And, and Christian, he, he watched everyone tee off. After I teed off, he took photos of everyone, and he went around town, did some videos and stuff, whatever. Like he put a lot of work in, dude, and, you know, nothing but, you know, kudos to him, and he, he loved it, though. That's the best part about it. He was like... I had fun, and I'll do it again. Yeah, and, you know, I know we're kind of getting off topic here. I just, you know, wanted to send a personal thank you to the guys on our team. Absolutely. Yourself for what you did and played and what you do, and for Turner and Christian stepping in when I couldn't be there. You know? Yeah. uh, Really, really appreciate it. So, sticking with the uh, Evergreen Golf Club, how was the track conditions? Like, was it – give give our listeners – should they be getting out there as soon as possible to play? Yeah, I mean, we're not in the business to lose money here by giving away free ads. But, I mean, you know, Evergreen uh, is a great golf course. It's, you know, first class as always. It's always green up there. It's mint. Um, you know, I think I'm a pretty good wedge player, especially around the greens. And I had some of the worst chips of my life up there because the grass is so good. And the turf is so, so thick and luscious out there. I was like, I don't hit it off this. 
I had golf balls the other day in the city at uh, one of the courses in the city here. It was dirt. You know, whatever. I'm with my gal. We had fun and whatever. But I'm like, I felt like I was in a tin cup. Yeah. So. So another question definitely I have. Play, definitely play it, though. Sorry. N- another question I was kind of curious about. You know, I watch a lot of PGA golf, just like you and all our listeners. I never played in any of these events growing up. I yep. just never did. Are they using rakes? Is there ball washers out there? Are they still... I know the answer to this, but I want your answer on this. Are they... Are you moving flag sticks? Are you Fuck touching no. them? Fuck no. There, <laughs> there's, there's no rakes, which is fine. They, if a ball goes in the bunker, you can like, use your foot and place it, which is okay. whatever. So rake your own sand. Um... What else? Yes, yes, but rakes and They're ball washers. No, no, everyone uses a towel and their and their, and their own saliva. Uh, flight sticks. No, they're, um, they're still in. And you talk to everyone; they want them out. So July 11th. Yeah, they they should be out. And and I talked to a few guys today, and they said, <laughs> if after when they say you can pull flags out, people that put with flags in, um, you should let I'm gonna question you, because it doesn't help you. I don't think it helps you at all. I'd love to pick Bryson's brain on that, DeChambeau. I think putting the flight in is is the is not helping you at all. It definitely hurts you. I think the only way it helps you is if you hit a scorcher and it backboarded in. You know that yeah. that's the only way. You know you know what though? <laughs> Where were we? Excuse me. I was playing at. Oh, I'll I'll tell you a quick funny story. I played a local city course here uh, a few weeks ago. I never. Yeah, it was probably a wee. Yeah. And I was out with a buddy of mine. Decided to go do a round. And we were on hole. Um, uh, let's spill the beans. We're playing the Goulet. Back nine, par three, it was number, I got to think real quick here. So 10, 11, 12. It would have been 15 downhill, 157. 15? Sounds right, yep. 16, 17. Yeah. yeah. Okay, 15. God is my witness. Flags out. Okay, I don't know if people know the city courses here in Regina. I don't know what they are the rest of the province. They actually got some styrofoam. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. So the ball can only go in about an inch. Uh, Tyrone hits his seven iron, I believe it was. And I'm watching the shot, and it lands on the green. It was coming in hot. Yeah. It was a hole-in-one. Except really? it hit the foam and bounced out. Mm-hmm. I said if that foam and that... I mean, the flag's going to be there on a tee, tee shot, right? Yeah. But that foam wasn't in there so high. I, 110% hole in one. Yeah. And t- he still won't take credit for it. So getting back to the flags in, yeah, it, it's... I don't like them. You know what, though? At the end of the day, though, here, here's what I told everyone, too. We're all playing with it. It's, it, it. We all have to deal with the same same field. You know, if it's raining out, we're all playing in the rain. We're all playing in this. So like, you, you kind of overcome that. Do we, not, do we like it? No. We don't like it. So when this is over, I hope that we can pull them out. My, my quick thoughts on this are, and I hope to not get blackballed because of this, but 10,000 people can walk into Walmart every day. And t- sorry, they got power doors. 10,000 people can walk into an establishment yeah. where you have to grab the door handle, but you can't take a flag stick in and out. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... But you know what? We're, we're almost past this stuff. You know, I'd, I'd give it a month. And and when they are out, I'm going to throw mine so far down the fairway, I don't even care. You're going to be like uh, Happy, Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. So, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Uh, we all have to play in it. Uh, but the, at the end of the day, the event was a great event as always. And that's not that, that's not about their event. That's every oh, no, course. no, I know, I know. And so I was 
going to follow it up with a quick, 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 quick question. All in all, Drew, the event out in Nipawin, rating of 1 to 10. Overall, everything. I'm talking from your beautiful motel <laughs> to the Hilton? food to the staff that you worked with, the people you're around. What's your, what's your, what's your rating? Uh, you know, I, I honestly think, uh, you know, 10 seems high. But, you know, everyone goes up there every year. You know, you see everyone. You, uh, you talk to guys you play junior golf with. The guys that went down and played college, guys that are having new jobs now, guys that have are getting married now, um, the older guys too that you have to meet and you know learn from them and you know it, it's the it's a camaraderie. Yes. You know around there is unbelievable. The course is always great. Uh, the committee does an unbelievable work. Dean Prosty and his and his team. Um, it's bravo. Great, great tournament as always. Can't wait next year to the 18th annual. That's right from the host now. Again, I know I did a lot of legwork for today's podcast because you were very busy. So I hope you don't yep. mind me rolling right into the next thing. Absolutely. If so, okay, you're cool with it. Is this sports talk now? We're still going to do some local golf. Deadly. So the the next big Sask event, uh, I was talking to a real good friend of the show, Brad Lovett. 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 Brad Lovett. God, I had really trouble spitting that out. Uh, he's golf pro at Long Creek. Good friend of the show. i got to throw Brad a special friend plug of the show. for uh, having us out there uh, myself a couple times in the last few weeks. Anyways, he was mentioning he's getting ready to go up to Waska Sioux for the love stick. Um, tell me about it. Tell our listeners about it. I don't know. Wait, are, you, you said you're not in it? I've never played it. I've never played Waska Sioux. I can't even say it properly. That's why I, I can't play. Sioux. Yeah, I have a stutter. Um, yeah, I know there's an open there the day, the two days before, and then it goes right into a week-long um, match play. And you, you basically all stay in the cabins, and you play match plays the Constellation side, and you just play bracket style. Super cool. I really want to play in it one year. Hopefully next year. Uh, I hear nothing but good things about it. The course is always great here too as well. So I think uh, I think it was Tyler Baker wrote in too today on the on the page talk about it. And it's hard for me to talk about it because I've never been. Well, maybe you'll get a what do they call that? An exemption. An exemption. Yeah, I don't know about that. Maybe next year. I'll do some uh, background work. I'll get you in on that tourney. All right, bro. I appreciate it. I'm sure Brad will help us out too. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, everyone that is playing in the open and the lobstick uh, match play, uh, best of luck. Uh, we'll be keeping you know tabs on it. And I, yeah, I did want to throw one last little plug for Long Absolutely. Creek. Yeah, again, big friends of the show. Uh, I've been out there a few times. Course is in amazing condition. I know they were doing some aeration this past week. Uh, book your tee times. I played it three weeks ago before everything started greening up. I was out there last week. Yeah, and I can tell a quick story to our listeners about my golf game. It was green. Now, anybody that's never played Long Creek out in Avonlea, it's very narrow. Leave your drivers at home. It's very, very narrow. Oh, I had four drivers this weekend, too, and, by the way. And that was the Sim Max, too. Oh, I roped this thing. Long. Long Donkey Kong. <laughs> long, dude. I hit this thing so far. You want to do an ad right now? TaylorMade Golf. I tell you right now. By the way, I potted Unreal, too, using the TaylorMade FGT Spider, the TaylorMade Sim Driver. My Oh, and I use my three utility iron from TaylorMade. Almost every hole, and it goes far. So it's time you use TaylorMade Golf because it's the best, and only the best player in the world uses it. His name is Dustin Johnson, and that guy's pretty good. Damn Play good, TaylorMade. So getting back to my round out at Avonlea last week. Uh huh. The night before, it was mm -hmm. a Wednesday evening. I fell asleep, and I had a dream. I had a dream. <laughs> I shot 79 in my dream, and I know to you you're like. Okay, yeah, whatever. 79, 79. To me, that's a great score, 79. 
Troy, I don't give a shit. I know. I, I'm just no, telling you. I, no, I mean, I care that you shoot 79. I don't, like, if you shot, if you said I shot 91, I'm like, I'm happy you're playing. Yeah, no, I understand that. But to me, 70, Tampa Bay just scored, by the way. Uh, 79, I, I, I dreamt I shot. So I woke up Thursday morning. I picked up Scotty D. We went out to Avonlea, talked with Brad. And uh, it was a beautiful day for golf. And I opened up par, birdie, par, bogey, birdie, par, bogey. I was. I would have quit. Why? <laughs> You're under par. Get out of there. Oh, dude. And I'm going, am I really dreaming this? Like, is this really happening? Yeah. So we go to 10 tee box, and I knew what I had to shoot on the back nine, and I think that's where I screwed up. Because you always told me, just make your next shot. I knew the number at the end of the 18th that I needed to shoot for that 79. Yeah. Playing some great golf. And, and I'm going to be honest. I'd give up my free effort tailor me too, but what a difference. Like that set of clubs that they set me up with, I'll tell you. I was smoking that. I don't use my driver lots, but when I was, straight as an arrow, nice. Irons, straight. It's a sim pull game. There you go. I end up on 18th hole. A buddy of mine from Radville calls. How's Long Creek? I said, it's really good. I said, I'm, I don't have time to chat. I said, I'm on the 18th hole. I need a birdie for yeah. 79. For our listeners that haven't played it, number 18 is a par five. Birdie is attainable. I punched my seven iron out, 100 and... We had driver first. Six, no, not a, I, no, you don't on 18. You haven't played it in a while. So you, you lay up. So I, I did. So I punched my seven iron, 160 out, and then it dog legs right. So I pull out three wood, cut the corner, a little baby fade. I'm 25 yards out from the, from the green. I pull out the old 60 degree, high toe wedge. New ones from TaylorMade. Sick. And I hit it soft. Flop, eh? See, I, I got on the green, but I left myself 40 feet for bird. Nice par. Son of a bitch, right? Okay, we're going to take an 80. <coughs> I shot 81. I bogeyed. Phil but Kessel. I'll tell you, it was, a, it was one of the best rounds I've had in a long time, and I, I enjoyed every minute of it. It was, it was one of those rounds that makes you go, I want to play this game again. And you played ball and hole. You played everything out. And that's, and I think that leads right into now is like people that are now playing the game of golf too, just play. Who cares what you shoot? Go out there and play it. And that's why this game, I don't know why we always come back to play the next day, but it makes you want to shoot 80 the next day. You want to oh, shoot absolutely. 79 the next day. You want to shoot 70. It makes you want to play. And whether you shoot 200 or you shoot 75, just enjoy it. I always say it's the one shot in a round that makes you want to go back. For me personally, that round. Yeah. makes me want to go back because I know that 79 is right there. Yeah. To me. So Imagine playing a course with no trees. <laughs> You'd be like 59. Well, depends how the wind is. True. So that's our SAS Golf uh, wrap-up, I guess. <clears throat> well, I guess the next one would be just is the AM. The AM's in July, 6th to 9th, men's AM, mid-AM, and the ladies' AM. All there. All at Swift in Elmwood, uh, in Elmwood there. New design. Get signed up, play it. It's we need more people playing. That's the thing. We need a lot of people playing. And if you're, you know, the guys that always, ah, I don't know, I, I don't, I'm not there to like whatever. Play. And playing competitive golf is huge. And and for our <laughs> listeners that were asking where I was this past weekend, uh, it's confirmed. I will be joining Drew. Nice Swift Current for the AM. So uh, well, Danny thinks you're a beauty. I said you're, I said you're something else. But I, I, mean. I look forward to meeting Danny and all of our other listeners too. 
Um, it should be some fun. It's uh, it's right in a nice, well, middle of July. It's going to be good weather. So. Speedy Creek. Speedy Creek. Um, you know, Drew, next I kind of want to just wrap up and talk with some, some PGA talk. We, we I watched zero. I, I know you did. And, and, again, that's why I've got notes. So, I mean, Patrick Cantley wins in a playoff over Colin Morikawa. I'm going to double question because I already know where you're going to go with this before if I don't ask you. So, again, Cantley, uh-huh. Cantley wins in a playoff over Morikawa. <clears throat> yep. Johnny Rom, Rombo, one of my favorite golfers, is tournament leader after three days. Gets notified on live TV that he's tested positive for COVID. COVID literally breaks down. The announcers didn't know what was going on. They thought it could have been something a lot worse. Thank God it wasn't. You know, family members said yeah. or something. Breaks down, withdraws. I'm open floor to you. What are your thoughts on the Memorial Tournament with Cantley winning in, in, in a playoff and Rombo, six-shot leader, going into Sunday? Now he cannot play. Uh, first off, <clears throat> I just congrats to Patrick Cantley. Second, if I had that kind of money, I would be sending the e-transfer to John Rom, $1 million. Because without Rom not playing, he wouldn't have won. Three, he is setting a 54-hole record. He's on pace to rec- make, break a record, or make a record. John Rom. He's notified that he has tested positive. And just him. Only guy to get sent home. That doesn't sit well with me. What about the 20,000 fans in there that were all there watching? Or his playing group? Or the caddies? Why couldn't he play by himself the last day? I, I have so many questions, and then the answers have not been, I don't know, have they been announced yet? Or why? Like, he had, whatever, he's tested positive. Here's the Carolina Hurricanes have 30,000 fans in the building right now. Indoors. I'm going to flip this on you. Okay. Let's say Rombo was uh, just over the cut line. Makes it to Saturday. Did they announce it on live TV? Probably not. Yeah. I, Does he play I, I, Sunday? Maybe. I just don't know why they would announce it on live TV. Like, oh, worst timing ever. Hey, man, you have COVID. Oh, great. Well, you've seen his, I, I don't know. Did I didn't see it, no. Oh, well, like, look on your phone. It's, it's at, you would think that someone in his family, and I'm not, I'm not. No, uh, yeah, yeah. Was in trouble. Yeah. His reaction. He fell to his knees. Ugh. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just feel so bad for the guy. Because, I mean, he's about to break a record and he's playing Unreal Golf. And to take all that away, I get there's health protocols and, there, and there's, then there's all that. But why wasn't he the only one? That doesn't make sense. Because if it's no different than you at work, if you got it and your whole crew was around you, they would be sent home due to the fact that you were close contact. I don't understand. And we go back to the indoor hockey facility. I'm not in politics. I don't ever want to be in politics. It makes my brain hurt. I think it's horseshit that he couldn't play. That's where I'm at with that. Patrick Canley, congratulations. I would send the e-transfer to John Rom ASAP, a million dollars, at least. And that's it. I don't know if you got to read Rom's statement he put out on Twitter there about what had happened. He no. was very, um, what's the word? Upset? No, the opposite. Professional. 
very, very professional. Nah, but my last comment on it I wanted to say was give me a give me a PGA golfer, Drew. I, I could list off. I want one you to list. Is always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Tony Fino. Fino has ever has he ever won a tournament? Yes. Okay, give me a golfer that has never won a PGA tour event ever. Okay. Oh. And that's him getting told he's in COVID, leading by six shots. Think of the mental oh, yeah. impact it would be on that person. Rombo's won lots. You know what I mean? Yeah, so he's not hurting for the money. But, I mean, I think, it, like, again, it's to hold that. Like, if, you're, if you continue the same play he was playing, he wins a record. He breaks a record. He wins his money. It's great, and it's an honor. You go to a guy that's never won or, you know, maybe he's playing for his house. Yeah, just crush the guy. It just absolutely crush the guy. Hey, man, you, uh, you would have won $3.5 million? Yeah. Oh, but your two and a half million dollar house right now, you're losing it. So you, you go back next week for your Monday qualifier. Yeah. You know so, what I mean? So it's too bad. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, I hope he I hope he beats it. I yeah. guess he has it now. So I hope he beats COVID and let's move on. The, well, I got one last comment about the memorial. <laughs> Great. <laughs> no, this is another good one. This is this will get your blood going too. So we all know there's a big uh, rivalry Rexy! between DeShambo and Kepka. <laughs> Kepka didn't play this past week in the memorial. Bryson did. Uh, DeChambeau had multiple fans kicked off the course after they were yelling Brooksy after. He made his shots. In my opinion, it's ridiculous and childish. You're, you're, a million, you're a multi-millionaire golfer. You've got fans back now. They were whining, complaining about not having fans for the longest time. Now you've got fans getting into it, having some fun with the guy. Right? He knows he doesn't like it. You're a grown man playing a sport where you're getting paid lots of money. You've got millions of viewers watching. And you're having fans kicked out because you don't like being called Brooksy. So he was the one saying didn't come out of there? Yeah, he was having fans removed. So I think, you know, in our, in our guest today, he talks about it, you know, about the fans, you know, being, that you're paying to be there and, you know, be respectful. But, like, throwing stuff at people, like, that's not allowed. Have fun and, you know, whatever. But throwing stuff, whatever, like, don't do that. <laughs> I think it's comical. Like, I think it's no different than the guy that, why well, just the guy that okay. went to jail. Hold on. The guy that went to the jail when, when Webb Simpson won, and he's like, <laughs> like, have fun in the jail cell, bud. Like, that was funny. Guys, there's sometimes they cross the line. But I think Colin and Brooks, you're like, whatever. Okay, so if you're a patron and you paid the, I don't know, 50 bucks to go, I have no idea what it costs to go to an event. You paid 50 bucks out of your pocket to go watch these guys play golf. And you have a few pops. You're not doing it during his swing or before his swing. Makes contact with the ball. Instead of the, you know, get out of the hole. And you yell out, Brooksy. And you get removed. You're not a little upset? Oh, I'd be pissed. Damn right I'd be pissed. If I threw a water bottle, I understand that. But if I said Brooksy? Yeah. That's funny. To me, that's where I believe. And hey, Bryson's Bryson. He is his own entity. But I, yeah, I, I, you got to grow up. Yeah, I think. I mean, you, you little hockey players, they, they get <laughs> booed and this and that. They get a lot more than booed. Than, than, you know, they did. A, and I've been at games, Drew, yeah. with you, local games here, where security is in on it. Oh, yeah. Right? We're talking yeah. Regina Pat's Moose Jaw back in the day, and the security is, our security guys are yelling at the Moose Jaw Warrior players. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, 
yeah, I, sports have changed, man. It's, I know it's I different. Know. So I, let's let's jump on. Here. Okay, so we're gonna move on to this week's tournament. Uh, it's actually there's two. Drew, you kind of did a little background check before we went on air. I, I thought there was just the one. I don't want to confirm that though because it looked like there was no one even on the list. Okay, then so. let's not even say it. I think we'll just go with the Palmito Championship at Con Congaree Golf Club in South Carolina. Uh, this is the final tune-up tune-up event before the U.S. Open, which is next week at Torrey Pines. Uh, the field isn't uh, deep with players and talent, but there is big names such as uh, world number one DJ. Uh, Never heard of him. Brooks, he's actually playing himself, Mr. Kepka. Nice. Uh, Sung J.M., uh, I see in the Canadian class, uh, who tweeted it out? It was a uh, friend of the show there, uh, uh, Mr. Weeks. Uh, Bob Weeks. Bob yeah. Weeks. Hadwin made it by qualifying. I believe Nick Taylor's there. Gligic. Uh, thoughts on this week's tournament heading into uh, next week's U.S. Open? Good luck, boys. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to the uh, NHL chat. I know usually we cover this off the first, but it's been actually a really good show, Drew, talking golf with you. And I'm kind of enjoying doing this with you. Yeah, You sit back awesome. and relax. Uh, so we had the Jets lose uh, Shifley for suspension. Ole, 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 ole. Well... Shifley gone for four games. I think that hurt the team. That hurt my soul. And I'm not a fan of the suspension of Shifley. No, not at all. You're not either? Okay, no. thank you. To me, it was a hockey play. Mm -hmm. It was a much bigger guy going on a smaller guy trying to protect an empty net goal. As Don Cherry said it best from episode 1 to 28, keep your head up, kid. Yeah, and we might get blackballed for that because there's a lot of people Bring who get hit. but. Um, again, you got Shifley, who's a big man, against Evans, who is a smaller competing. guy. Yeah. yeah, he was preventing an empty net goal. Oh, yeah, hey, just just, just end the game. Yeah. I don't want it. Yeah. Keep your head up. Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, I don't even want to get into that. But if you have... I had to bring it up. If you have questions and, uh, and uh, comments, bring them on. Now, did Shifley's suspension affect the Jets that Absolutely. much to get swept? Mm-hmm. You agree it does? Oh, he's a, he's a, I love Mark Shifley. I've, I've loved him since he started playing. He, he battled in the minors. He did it back in the show, and he, he's been greater since. I like the way he plays. He's a 200-foot player, clearly on the hit. Uh, he scores big goals. He's a team guy. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think it, it had a big factor on, on the, in, in the room. Am I, just, am I shocked that the Habs swept them? Absolutely. They had the reigning Vesna in net. You know, their team's great. I like their team since day one. If you would have asked me nine months ago that the Habs would be in, win the North, I would have been like, no, no chance. But congrats to them. And the, and I think last time we talked on the phone, you bring in guys like Tyler Toffoli, Corey Perry, and Eric Stahl, they've all won a cup. Those are three big pieces you need because they've been there. It's exactly what Edmonton needs, and I have to go back to my Oilers, but we need some playoff yeah. leadership. Was I happy to see the Jets get swept, honestly? No. I was rooting for the Jets. They beat my Oilers four straight, fair and square. You must have been reading my notes because I did not see the Habs sweeping this whatsoever. I have, in fact, said Winnipeg in six. Carey Price is the best goalie. Uh, I, I'm gonna He's go the down. best goalie in the world. I said it through it's going the Is he, the though? I, I would put him as, there's one A and one B right now. If I had, if is Tampa's goalie? Is 1A. He is on top of the world right mm -hmm. now. Yeah, he's good. And Carey Price is 1AB. How long can Price keep it up? 
I, I, I'm going to spitball a few questions at you, Mister Mister Head Coach. Yeah, you have ahead. one of the best goalies in the world playing. Now you have a team of Montreal, who is not very big. They're not very uh, puck presence, in my opinion. They they do a lot of dump and chase, dump and chase, dump and chase. They played with 2,500 fans the other day, yet there was 23,000 fans outside the stadium, no masks. Anyways, yeah. we're not going to get into that. Uh, government. Montreal is going to take on the winner of Vegas or Colorado. Is Montreal at a major disadvantage going south Oh, playing yeah. in front of a packed barn. Absolutely. And do you see them winning that series? Uh, you know, I think even we talked to Brian Munns last week about it. What does every good team have? A good goaltender. Um, you know, I, I think Montreal can sneak out a couple of wins. If they play Colorado, it's going to be even tougher. I think Colorado's strong right from the, the goaltending up. You look at Vegas, too, and I told you guys last week that I, I knew that series wasn't over. I know it's in the road to seven. My brain knows that they're well, they, they're tied right now two two. They play tonight. Yeah. So both home home teams have both won every game. Does Montreal have a chance? I don't know. I'm I'm in I'm in I don't know if, I don't think so. But I think they will push them every inch in every shift. They work for they work every shift. There's not a shift off for the Habs. It's funny uh, a certain individual I follow on Instagram, former NHL player trying to be NHL analyst will never be said it best Montreal's eyes are going to be open the fuck up yeah when they go south they oh, are yeah. going to be standing still at the speed the pace of the game because if you watch that Montreal Winnipeg series it wasn't very exciting no I, and, and I, I'll be honest if Shifley was even in the game it still would have probably had that same pace that yeah la 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 you know we're watching Right now on TV, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and it is back and forth hockey. You look at the Islanders and Bruins, you know, Hazel bumped to Ebb, scoring the OT winner the yeah, other is night. Yeah, that any good? You know. Let's it, go Isles, the, by the way. Yeah, that's who, man yeah let's, let's, let's go Isles. They need it. But it, it's just the pace of play is, looks so much faster. And maybe it is because there's 17-plus thousand people in the stands. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. It just looks so much faster. Again, we do got to root for the Habs. It's Canada's team. Um... I don't like saying that too often, but um, yeah, it's been a long time, Drew. You weren't alive the last time Canadian team won. It was 27 years ago. 1993. And who was it? Who did they win? Beat over? Who did they win? Who won the Stanley Cup? Montreal. Montreal. So who knows? I wasn't even thought of. No, you were a twinkle in dad's eye. You were a twinkle in dad's <laughs> eye. <laughs> so as far as... Uh, our little chit chat today. That's pretty much what I've got written down. Uh, you got anything else, Drew? It was a lot of fun today, by the way. Absolutely. I think we might do more of this. Uh, no, I got nothing much more here. I think we have a great guest on today. He's a, a gold medalist. He's won a ton of the worlds. He's won Briars. He's won everything. He was on episode six when he called it amateur hour. I thank you a lot when I had to use my cell phone, but now we've established, uh, you know, we're a lot bigger now than we were episode six. Mr. Ben Hebert, uh, Benny Hebes, b -b 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 Benny in the Jets. So Ben Hebert came back on the show, and we talked golf. He's been playing a lot of golf. We, we talked some hockey. We talked curling. You know, he, he bought me a couple times, and we had a lot of fun. You know, we're looking forward. And we we're supposed to be playing golf with him this this summer. 
we're not sure we're set it up yet, but it's going to be you know some content, some fun. And do do we tell the listeners what you told me last night on the phone? Who the match is going to be? Nah, not yet. We'll wait till we confirm that. But it's it it's gonna happen. So stay tuned. But a great interview today with Ben Hebert. Uh, it's about 30-ish minutes. This this intro today was 47 minutes long so far. So it's been a while since I've seen you. It has been a while. Uh, anything else, Troy? No, I I think we're pretty good, Drew. I mean, people know to follow us on our social media pages at Off the Hazel, at underscore Off the Hazel, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and check you- us out on YouTube. And that's it. All right, here's Ben Hebert. Hope you guys enjoy it. Off the Hustle is proudly presented by Cutter and Buck Clothing. Cutter and Buck Clothing is crafted for your active lifestyle, engineered for exceptional versatility, so it'll be perfect for work, work from home, travel, date night, golf, walking, boating, hiking, and entertaining. Their clothing is thoughtfully engineered with performance features like moisture wicking, stretch, UPF for sun protection, and with easy care and time-saving features such as durable collars, added spandex, and blended fabrics that are comfortable and stylish. Cutter & Buck shares their commitment to sustainability with their commitment to sustainable products, sustainable operations, and sustainable production. When you choose Cutter & Buck clothing, you are getting the genuine spirit of the Pacific Northwest. Check out Cutter & Buck on all their social media platforms. All right, we are pleased to have back on the podcast for the second time. It's been quite some time back in episode six. We're using a cell phone, but we've totally upgraded. We're pumped. We got you for today, Benny. Uh, ben Hebert, thanks for coming back on the podcast, man. True, buddy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for giving me so much notice. Uh, three hours to jump on tonight. That's deadly, buddy. Absolutely. Yeah, no worries. Uh, okay, first off, what's new with you? What's, uh, what's happening in your life? What's going on? What's happening? Well, things are opening up, which is beauty here in uh, Calgary. So playing some golf, been training, trying to get back into shape here for my curling season coming up in September. Um, you know, I thought I'd uh, take a run at your guys' podcast, see if I get some guests on. I started a podcast with my buddy here, uh, Stamps QB, Bo, Bo Levi Mitchell. We started a little uh, little podcast room every couple of weeks with some Canadian athletes shooting the shit. And uh, it's been going pretty good other than that. You know, being a dad, doing some stuff, getting out in the range with my kids, letting them hit some balls. And yeah, I've been working on my game. That's about it, man. Uh, yeah, awesome. Well, I do want to talk about the podcast in the latter portion of this. But first, I want to talk about your curling season. Uh, you're at one briar this past year, two grand slams, did my homework. Not a big deal. Um, you know, all in the bubble. But let's talk about, you know, that first off, like the experience of going there and being in the bubble. Yeah, I think uh, out of the gates because we hadn't got to play all year with all the you know, the COVID stuff that was happening, we were pretty pumped to get in there and, you know, compete and throw some boulders down the ice and see the guys we used to battle against. It was just nice to get out there and, you know, get a sweat going and battle. And then, uh, you know, protocols were the protocols, locked down for two weeks prior and sticks up the nose and down the throat, all the bullshit you have to do to kind of be able to get out there and play. Uh, so that kind of sucked. And then playing with no fans was brutal. Uh, but saying that, you know, we were, we were lucky to get out, compete, play for some dough. And uh, we had a great, great, great briar. We were actually, we were, we were first place in the round robin. And then we, uh, yeah, we lost the final. We didn't, we didn't play a great final, but uh, still, you know, we got second place in Canada, not bad. And then, 
took a couple weeks off, went back in for the uh, two grand slams, uh, you know, just some cash events. And that was a little different. I thought that time, you know, going in, we were in there for 17 days in this bubble and we couldn't leave our hotel room. The first three days we were there, we had to lock down. It was like sit in there, video games, FaceTime, your team, zoom meetings. We like to like open the, I think we like, we're allowed to open our door to get fresh air uh, on the balcony, you know? So that was like, felt like we were in fucking jail. Uh, and then when we got to the, the actual event, we were, we were able to the first go around at the briar, we could use the hotel uh, restaurant. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't so bad. You get up in the morning, go down, have some eggs, play a couple games, go there that night, debrief with your team, have a beer, you know, see some other teams. Like it wasn't, you know, there was no COVID in there. Everyone was, you know, tested 30 times. So it was all good. But the second go around, we had to follow the Alberta health rules and it was like no restaurants or nothing. So it's just wake up, fucking room service or Starbucks, crush it in your bed. Try not to spill hot sauce all over the place. You fucking sleep in it that night. So that was brutal. Uh, and then we played and it was like, it was literally like, uh, get up in the morning, brecky, go play, come home, lunch, go play back and straight to your hotel room. So that wasn't quite as deadly as the briar, but same thing, you know, pretty, you know, pretty fortunate. We got to play and represent our sponsors and get on sports set. And we had a good first event. We had a brutal second event, but uh, yeah, I'm glad that this year is, is going to be over for everybody, not just uh, sports. I mean, getting out and seeing your friends and fam and, you know, even just little things like going to a pub and having a beer yeah. or shooting the shit with your buddies. So yeah. yeah, it was a, it was an interesting season. You know, I learned a lot about playing in front of fans as an older athlete. It's like, man, you need that to get the old juices flowing. It's tough to, uh, tough to fake it, right? Like going yeah, into the yeah. games, you're like, I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm a warrior. I can battle through it. And then you get out there, you're like, yeah. like you know, you're just like, fuck, you need it. it's so much more fun too. And even watching, you know, you guys seen watching the NBA or, you know, how about watching the NHL hockey down in just, Carolina yeah. or everywhere and then watching it in Montreal and Winnipeg is like, oh my God. It looks like a blue and white game. Like, like we yeah. go off the Pats in September for a pre-camp. Yeah. But, um, but now, but now all we, now we know, you know, and you see like the fans getting rowdy there in the NBA and throwing shit, but it's like, Hey, and they shouldn't be doing that. That's Bush league. Like just yeah. clean it up. I know you paid for your ticket. Don't be in it. Don't be a loser. But I'd, I'd honestly rather have rowdy offside fans than no fans. Yeah. But fair. you know, they could probably keep it a bit cleaner too. If, if they had to. Okay, I kind of want to ask too. Obviously, coming from a professional athlete, we've had a few on in the past, you know, a few episodes. But like, I, I, I guess mentally draining. Like, what's that like going there? And like, you're just like, you know, you're, you're ready to, to compete, and it's just like, all right, guys, th throw the rock. You know what I mean? Like, there's, like, there's no one like chanting or like, you suck, man, like or whatever. Like, you're throwing the broom in the air. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no. I don't know. I, I, I guess fans. The question is, what's it like for your mental state on the, on, on the ice? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel like no motivation. I mean, you're still trying to win a Canadian championship and you're still like competing against the best teams. Yeah. And I think because we didn't have that all year kind of, kind of crave that and you want that, I think as athlete mindset, you like, you know, you know, go, certainly, you know, going into the Briar final, you know, I was nervous and playing for a, you know, a lot of money and to represent your country and another Briar title. I mean, that gets the juices flowing no matter where it is, but just that extra element of the fans really brings in kind of, you know, the reason you play. And I think actually it can help some athletes and I think it could hurt, hurt some athletes. I think for us, you know, a veteran team, um, 
you know, we thrive off that crowd. Like when the crowd goes crazy and, you know, you want to perform on the big stage. Yeah. I think maybe for other players, you know, depending on who it is, I, and I don't really know the answer. This is what I would think. But when you're young and you don't know a difference between a big, you know, a roaring crowd of 15,000 or 10,000 people, or because when we play in our regular curling events, like our clubs across Canada, I mean, there is no fans out there, right? We're, we're in a curling club. Yeah. So you don't get to hear that. You know, we're, we're, I'm speaking more off of, uh, you know, arena settings. And so I think some young guys that were maybe um, not used to that, maybe they thrived and they were like, oh, this is like, there's no pressure when there's no fans. And, yeah. I, and I think the older athletes that have won uh, on the big stage, they thrive under pressure. And I think that was, uh, that's kind of what I missed. Got anything, Rip? No, <laughs> just listen right now. Okay, I got one for you. I mean, obviously, we all know how good team, you know, Team Cooey is. What's the, um, you know, I, I don't know. What's your guys' biggest strength as, as a team? Probably our skip when he plays good. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Ke- Kevin Cooey's gross. I mean, he's probably one of the best shot makers ever to play. Uh, you know, any any position, and and certainly in curling in our sport, you know, he can draw the button when we need him to and he throws it harder than anyone I've ever seen. And, you know, when he heats up, we're, we're pretty tough to beat, but uh, you know, we got a good team. We're, we're consistent. We work hard. We got the same goals, same as any other top team. Right. I mean, can't be a top team in curling in these days, uh, you know, men's or women, if you don't have four people that put in the work and, you know, they, you know, they get in shape, their mental game's tough. Their mechanics are, are tight on the ice and they have the same goal and they want to win. If you, if you have one squeaky wheel these days, she's a, she's a tough grind because uh, there's all the other teams are doing it. And so, uh, you know, I think that our strength is the same as everybody's strength is got four guys that want to win and we put the work in to win. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that leads to my next question is, you know, what's next for team Cooey? Like, do you guys want to get back to the Olympics for an, an, another run or like, what are you guys up to? Well, yeah, I definitely want to get back. What kind of question is that? Come on, man. Fuck. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all right. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, you like, think we just get to sign up for the Olympics? Yeah, we're just going to sign up this year. So, not how easy it is. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. Fuck yeah. It. Olympic trials are in Saskatoon uh, in November this coming year. So, what's that, like six months away? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we're uh, we're ramping up right now. I'm just starting to get back into my little summer training here, see if I can get get cut like a diamond and get ready for the trials, get in good shape. But, uh, other than that, you know, we're doing some mental stuff on the side. We're doing some film. I mean, there's no ice in the summer for us. Right. So yeah, there's nowhere actually to physically work on our game, but ice will be in, in August and we'll start throwing rocks early and start, start tightening up the game. And so we got, um, Olympic trials are in November in Saskatoon at Sask place. What's Sask place called these days? Sastel center. Sastel center. So it's there. Don't be afraid to get your tickets, boys. Come on down. Um, I know it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And then if we win that, we go to the Olympics in February. So that would be, uh, you know, my third go around at the big dance. I would love that. And where is it this year? Or in that it's time? in, uh, it's in China, Beijing. Nice. That'd be cool. We don't, yeah. It'd be amazing. I mean, I've been there a couple times. Uh, I don't know what the protocol is going to be this go around if we're allowed fans or what the deal is in China right now. I haven't really dove into it too much, but, uh, I think by then the world should be back to normal. I hope. And then, yeah, I think, uh, you know, if we, if we win the trials, go to the Olympics, we're going to try to represent Canada and bring back a medal. And if we happen to not win the trials, which we easily could not win because there's, you know, handful of really, really good teams in this country that could beat us. We'll, uh, we'll set our sights on the Briar and, and see if we can get back to the Briar and uh, represent Alberta in the Briars and Lethbridge and get after it. Awesome. 
Yeah. All right, sick. Um, you bring up Cooey. He's a legend. So I'm going to ask you, who's your Mount Rushmore for curling? Fuck, that's Four a guys. good one. Four guys. Four guys. Uh, well, I have to say both the skips that I've played with, actually, they're probably two of the best of all time. So Kevin Martin and Kevin Cooey, for sure. Um, oh, man. Glenn Howard out of uh, Ontario. And Jesus is tough. There's too many good guys. Wayne Madaw. Wayne Madaw, Glenn Howard, Kevin Martin, Kevin Cooey. Those are the four top dogs, in, in my opinion. Just four wicked shot makers and... I know them all personally, and three out of the four are good dudes, but that's okay. They're all sick. Yeah, they're all nasty boys. Can I ask like a, a dumb question? I don't believe in dumb questions, but how you much? Already, you already asked one, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Can, okay, how much strategy goes into curling? Like I, I like watching it, and I see these shots they make, girls and guys. It's incredible. I just want to know, like, do you have a playbook? You guys talk about before the game, like, I mean, or is it all on the fly? Wow. There's no playbook, but I mean, there's certainly a strategy of kind of what you want to do, uh, you know, with the hammer and without the hammer and forcing your opponent to one when they, when they have last rock and when you have last rock, you want to get multiple points and, you know, pending on the end of the game. I mean, it's a strategy is a big part of it. And, uh, you know, when you're young and getting into it, you're kind of learning and the older you get, the wiser you get and the more situations you've seen and, and in big games and, you know, I wouldn't say it's on the fly, but every game, I mean, that's the one unique deadly thing I love about my sport is no game's the same. You know, it's uh, no different than playing a round of golf. You're, you're never going to have 75 of the exact same shots, right? Yeah. So it's same as curling. I mean, you can have be in similar situations uh, versus a similar team and a similar event, but it's never the same. And you kind of, yeah, on the fly. And I mean, uh, I play lead. I'm not the strategy wizard on my team, but I've uh, been around enough to, playing a lot of big games with some really, really smart guys and learned a lot. And so I got a, I got a decent grasp on it, but uh, I don't think I'm skipping anytime soon. Okay. I want to talk about your new project going on right now. Um, uh, the Benny and Bo show, uh, two good dudes. I don't know your co-host, but walk us through how that all came about. I'm sure you heard off the hosel a few times. And when you, when you came on, you're like, Oh, I want to do a podcast. So uh, you're welcome. But uh, walk us through <laughs> the, the, the whole podcast and, and how's it going? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Obviously, I don't know much about this world. Um, but, uh, you know, just to, just down the street from me is the Stamps QB that, uh, you know, Bo Levi Mitchell, he's going to come to Regina this year and probably light you guys up, get ready for it. <laughs> but, um, you know, me and him are good buddies. And, and we actually met a couple, couple of winters ago at a, at a sponsor event. And, you know, he's a big golfer too. And we started teeing it up together. And then with uh, his season getting canceled last summer, we had the whole summer to just tee it up and we played a bunch of golf together and his wife and my wife are really good friends and our kids are close to the same age and you know that's what happens when you get old boys you hang out with people that have kids your same age and then everyone kind of jives right you, you, you wait for it boys so so we became really good friends and you know we, we just chatted lots about you know sports and cfl and he didn't know what curling was so i got him into that and you know he's my biggest biggest fan this year at the briar he's loving it and you know he's a good athlete he plays basketball baseball golf you know and so we uh you know we battle lots here about everything that we do we're pretty competitive and we gamble on a bunch of stuff and you know we got approached to, to do this cool little uh, project with uninterrupted canada you know they're a great company athlete plat platform to just uh get out there and and you know say what you want to say without uh things being cut out in the middle right by the media and you get the and we got asked to host this uh this cool little podcast 
and they're getting some uh, sweet athletes for us on here. And, you know, as, as, you know, I said this before, you know, I got to go to two Olympic games, you know, I won gold at one and the other one, uh, you know, we got fourth, but you know, the best memory I have from both my Olympics was meeting the other athletes in the village, Yeah, the Canadian athletes, like, uh, you name it, we got to meet them. Like we got to meet, you know, the men's hockey team in 2010, like all the studs, right. They're just normal dudes. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Super wagon. And then, uh, you know, uh, you know, meeting like, uh, you know, Scott Moore, Tessa Virtue, you know, they're like our Canadian little heroes. They're the old ice dancers and the bobsled teams, speed skaters, you know, great friends, uh, all throughout. And I've kept in touch with a lot of them. And that was kind of my favorite thing. And so when I met Bo and we started doing this, I'm like, you know, the reason I love it is I love hearing these other athletes journeys. Like, Hey, we, you know, we got to talk to Mark McMorris uh, a few weeks ago and he was excellent. And Last week, you know, uh, we got to talk to Max Homa, you know, PGA Tour stud, and that was awesome to hear where his story came from. And Tempo you know, we're gonna, town. what's that? Tempo Town. Oh, super Tempo Town. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I I love hearing these things. I mean, you don't get to hear a lot of these athletes that are, you know, they're they're pretty protected, and and so to have you know Olympic gold medalist, you know, CFL Great Cup champ MVP talking to them, you know, and and not really interviewing them, just kind of having a roundtable discussion. Yeah. You know, maybe they open up a bit and, and give us a, a few more tasty answers that we're looking for, but I think make them feel comfortable and, and kind of just chat with them. And, you know, the thing is, I don't, I'm not going to be an interviewer guys. Like I'm not a media type. People go to school for that. Right. Like that's not yeah. who I am. So I'm going to just shoot the shit with them kind of how I am. And if, if we get some good conversations going great, but for me, the questions I ask them isn't necessarily to, you know, appease the public and what they want to know. Like I'm a fan of these guys. I'm, I'm a fan of all athletes of, you know, all different walks of life. So I want to hear what they have to say. Like, I want to hear how, you know, whoever it may be came from Canada, you know, Chase Claypool and how did he make it to the Pittsburgh Steelers as, as a football player? You know, I want to hear from Tristan Thompson playing in the NBA, you know, Brooke Henderson, Bianca Andreescu, like those stories are intriguing to me of, you know, I got kids, you know, I got a daughter who's into golf. Like, how do you make it in golf uh, from Canada when we get to play six months of the year, how do you get to get a div one scholarship down South? Yeah. You know, those are the things that I want to talk to these athletes about and, and try to spread the word and awareness. And so far it's been amazing. You know, we're super rookies. We don't really know what we're doing, but uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. And, and uh, hopefully we get a, some, some great conversations going. So I kind of want to ask you too, like, obviously you, you've done two interviews, correct? We've done two. Yeah. Two shows so far. So what have you found, which is really, I guess, difficult for you so far? Like doing the first two, like I, I know I had a lot of like, you know, heebie-jeebies before I was doing my couple interviews and, and whatnot, but what's, uh, what's the biggest, I don't know, I, I, we're just starting out. Um, well, we're, well we're, we're pretty lucky. I mean, me and Bo aren't running it off our cell phone and, uh, you know, the amateur hour program you were running there when you we were talking it was buzzing out right so yeah you know the, the guys from uninterrupted sent us some high-end stuff you can see like i got you know we got our full studio here which i'm actually sitting in like like as if i had this mic the last time we talked right and your lighting is great too yeah oh i look like boys i look fucking good right now his lighting makes me look nice but like we got we got a roadcaster pro here we got some uh you know wicked cameras we got lighting and so we didn't have to worry about that. We just had to kind of worry about talking and striking conversation. And for me and Bo guy, like that's what we do every day. Like he's here yeah. all the time and we train together in my gym and, you know, uh, we play a lot of golf together. Men's night, uh, Wednesday night coming up this week. That'll be good. Throw a little cabbage down and get after it. But, uh, for us, we just, 
we like to talk about sports. I love sports. You know, I love, you know, baseball, hockey, football, you name it, golf, you know, we're into it. So, uh, I mean, all we really do is we chat about sports, give our opinion and try to give some uh, perspective from playing at a high level, professional levels and different sports. And our interviews have been great because the guys that we've interviewed have been amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, if, uh, I guess if we if we get a couple of guys that don't want to talk that much or, or gals and then so be it. But uh, the, the two guests we've had so far, you know, they've given us some, some great content and that's what we're hoping to, to deliver. Well, my phone's always on Ben, you know that. So just let me know whenever you want me on the show. I'll be on an <laughs> Junior B legend. Yeah. What do they say? The Brent Sutter of the PJHL. Uh, Rep, oh. you have any more questions? Uh, you talk about talking with athletes and like getting to know their stories. Um, does anything come to mind or who comes to mind with like the wildest background and how they made it to where they are right now? Oh man. I don't know. I mean, I think every athlete has a super unique story, man. Like I don't think anybody, I mean, maybe there's the odd exception for someone that said, yeah, when I was seven years old, I, I knew I was going to be a quarterback in the NFL or I was going to make it in the major leagues. Like, you know, I can only really speak to my own story and, you know, maybe some close friends I have of how they made it, but, you know, I, I truly believe that you got to have, you know, a good natural ability. And I think you have to have a lot of skill. Uh, and with that, I think you need to work hard. And then I think for some people, depending on how good you are, like you need an opportunity. Yeah. You have to have a great game when a scout's in the stands. You need to be noticed, uh, you know, for a decent stretch of time and have someone take a chance on you. And when you get that opportunity, you got to shine. Yeah. You know, it's not like you get, chance and chance and chance and chance because there's always people kind of knocking on the door that want to make that next step to the pros. Right. So, I mean, for me, I, uh, you know, coming from Regina, you know, I wouldn't say I was, you know, in juniors, I was, I was a pretty good curler. Um, you know, I was probably one, I was probably the best third in the province for a few years there. And, uh, you know, I even skipped a bit in junior. I was a pretty good player, but when I got to men's, I quickly realized that, you know, I wasn't going to be you know, Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid of the curling world. There was just guys that had more talent than me that, that were really, really great players. So I kind of changed my tune. Um, but I knew I was probably a better athlete than most of the people out there. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to get in great shape. I played, you know, some junior football. I was a big dude and I'm going to change and you know, try to see what I can do with this sweeping thing and see if I could change the game there. And, and when I started to do that, you know, some eyeballs got me noticed and I got asked to play with Kevin Martin out of uh, Edmonton when I was living in Regina, when I was like 22 years old. Wow. And when I got to his team, you know, I had to uh, really develop as a player because I wasn't very good. Um, and so he kind of taught me how to curl and how to practice and how to be professional. But I did all the things I needed to do to get to that stage. And then when I got to that stage, I played well and I worked my ass off. And then, and then I got good. But it, it, there's steps to everybody's career, but, I, but I'm super intrigued to hear all those stories from these other athletes and talk to them about it, right? So, I mean, I don't think any two athletes have the exact same story, and I think a lot of them will have the same uh, outcome or path that it took, but the things that it always takes is, is a lot of hard work, you know, sacrifice, preparation. You got to have some skill, and I think you need some opportunities and breaks to go your way too. And I think with all that, you know, that's how, that's how shit goes down. Yeah. Well, Benny, I do want to ask, you just mentioned like preparation and stuff. What's a day in the life of Ben Hebert for, uh, you know, a, a, a curling match? You call it a match? 
What are they called? Now? <laughs> they call match. Yeah, game, game. Yeah, curling game. Yeah, one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Just walk us through. Yeah, pre pregame slide. Yeah, <laughs> out there. Tarps light, off. Light skate. Um, no Bucky. Um, what would have? I mean, if we play, uh, you know, Briar final, we played at six o'clock. You know, I'm I'm old boys. I got two kids, so I was I'm probably up at like seven in the morning. You know, kick around for a bit, lie around, and then I'll you know get my get my day going with a coffee. You know, um, you know, brekkie and try to eat good, you know, get your mind right. Always, you know, it's not different really than a hockey player on the road and kill some time, meet with your team, shoot the shit, talk about the game plan, definitely have a nap, get up, crush a big meal, like probably three, four hours before the game. So that you're feeling light for game time and then get after it. Nice. What's up, dog? Come here. <laughs> we got a guest. This is, this is the first time we've ever had a kid. This is, perfect. This, is, this is Griff. This is my little guy, Griff. No pressure. Named after Ken Griffey Jr. You better be good, bud. Is that good? <laughs> Where's his hat? That's awesome. Backwards hat. Okay, Benny, before we uh, let you go here, I have a couple more questions. I'm sure Rip has one more, too. Um, you mentioned golf, and I know you're a golfer, too. You got carved by Max Homa, out of boy Holmes. Oh, yeah. Um, but I want to know how much you're playing these days, and you know what's the cap at? And, yeah, let's walk, walk through your golf game here. Yeah, I was playing tons here when we opened up before uh, they kind of made the rules a little tougher to play with the with the fam or with everyone except your fam. I probably played, I don't know, maybe 15 rounds this year. Nice. Uh, I had it going pretty good. I was uh, I was actually just talking to some buddies at the Royal Reg there back in Regina because I'm coming home next week. Uh, see my see my dad for Father's Day weekend. Nice. Hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um to see my to see my dad for father's day weekend and then so i'm gonna try to get out to the royal and the waz when i'm home and tee it up um but uh i think i think i went my last five rounds i went 72 71 72 nice and then and then i went 80 85 and i almost broke every club in my bag i was pretty angry but i got all the shots you saw my swing it's gross i got the slap shot hockey swing but um i mean i love it man it's what i do in the summer and I actually just took some clients for my for my day job out to Kananaskis and chopped it around out there. It was beautiful out there. Sick. So yeah, I've been playing as as much as you can and gets you outside. What's the home track in Calgary? Hold on here, my my little guy's on this other mic. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, Ben Hebert is currently pushing Griff. Parenting, parenting. My wife went, my wife went to the gym, oh. boys. So I got my little guy on the other mic over here. Well, hop on. Yeah. So uh, sorry, my home track here in Calgary. So I live at a little lake community just outside of Calgary, uh, called Chestermere, Alberta. Yeah, Chesty. Yeah. And I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I play there. It's a, I think Drew, do we play there? No, we just played country Hills. Yeah. So we're going to play Chesty, but I had to rip back though. The yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty, it's a pretty easy track. And, uh, you know what it's, uh, I would say it's similar cause you guys play there. It's probably similar, you know, uh, difficulty to the Royal. It's a short, shorter track and the greens are really, really good. Yeah. Um, you know, it's five minutes from my house. The guys I play with here are amazing. I just love the group of dudes. We probably got like, you know, 12, 16 guys that we kind of rotate through and get some nice. good skins games going on the weekend. And yeah, I think my cap right now is low. I think it's like a four. Oh boy. But I'm a home track for like, you know, I could go, I could shoot boys. My, my range is not where it needs to be i need to have my bad rounds i'd like to keep 77 78 but uh i f i flourish into the 80s the odd time and then i have then i have angry angry moments as long as you're not playing for money but those 80s <laughs> oh fuck 
I've lost more than I've won on the course. I'll tell you that for sure. I was playing with Ben in uh, Country Hills a couple of years now, and he hit like this flare, like, and he's like, "What did you call it? Is it a cheese puff or something? You call it a cheese puff? Powder puff? The powder puff." So I hit, I hit three of those this year, and I was like, "Oh, there's the Ben Hebert." Uh, what'd you say? Che- the pow- powder, powder puff. The Come powder on, puff man. Turn your ears on. Well, yeah, when you when you when you open it up and you're you're playing the cut, but it turns into a big powder puff. Goes like two twenty with the driver. Those are embarrassing. I don't play that anymore. I took a lesson. I took a lesson this winter when we were locked down playing a hot draw, tour draw, five yard, 10 yards, getting a little extra juice out of them because my wedge game is gross. But like if I'm if I'm hitting 52s, 56s, 60s into greens, (laughs) we're going low. (laughs) But uh, if I start powder puffing it around and I'm hitting in sixes and sevens, I'm I'm brutal. And that's where that's where the angry uh, putter throws come from. But uh, I love it, man. It's my favorite sport in the world. And the best part about it is like my favorite part about golf. Like you could hit a seven iron. You can hit a pitching wedge like a pro once, once. Yeah. And then when they do it 10 times in a row and you are like, how did I do that? You know, like it's amazing. Right? Like I could never hit a, a baseball like, uh, like Vladdy, you know, you could never throw a football like Bo. you know, you could never shoot the puck as hard as Sid. Yeah. You know, but in golf, like you can hit shots like pros hit, but they just yeah. do it every single time. It's true. Every time. Right. And so I think that's what's so addicting about golf is like, God, like how come I could do it this time, but I can't do it the very next shot. And no different than anything else, you know, practice and prep. I know you, you I know you take it super serious. And like I'm a self-taught four where like I didn't golf my whole life. I didn't golf till I got here to live in Calgary when I was 22. Yeah. And so uh I just kind of took it up for work because I was doing sales downtown and and then I kind of got to a 10 and then I got to a seven. And then I was never going to get better than that by myself. So I took a lesson on, you know, how to get rid of the big powder puff drive and, uh, you know, start playing a little bit of a hot draw. And so I found it, but now I got the snipe hook too. So the old smother ball comes out every now and again. Smother ball. <laughs> Fuck. How hard is golf? God. Those are, I had two worst. of those this past weekend, just two smother hooks. Yeah. Bush. Great. Now I have West Nile from the bushes. <laughs> I to scratch my legs. I, find it. I was trying to find coach's ball all weekend. Well, that's not true. 71, 75, 12 finish. <laughs> 84 guys. Rip, any more questions for him? Uh, we'll stick with golf here. What's your dream foursome? I'm asking a lot of people about fours. Mm-hmm. I mean, dream foursome. Like if I had to pick three dudes to play with. Yeah. Well, Tiger Woods for sure. Yeah. Easy. Michael Jordan for sure. Cause he likes to get it around and throw some cabbage on the course. Oh, yeah. Bring your wallet. And yeah, that's okay. I, I would to play with those guys. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who would my fourth be. Maybe like a current guy on the tour right now. Try that. Well, which one? Uh, you know who it'd be? It'd probably be Dustin Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I love DJ. Like it's hard not to want to be Dustin Johnson. Just the way he walks makes you want to be Dustin Johnson. <laughs> we said that this weekend. Yeah. I, I was yeah. like, I was three back going in the day too. I'm like, I'm going to do the DJ walk all day. And then I smother my drive on one. I'm like, all right, I'm going to walk like uh, the DJ I'm walk, gonna walk like myself. The DJ, pigeon the DJ walks called the float. He just floats on the, on the yeah. grass. Life's easy for him. Yeah. He's living good. He's living good. That DJ. Yeah. I would be a, I mean, that'd be a fun round. Something to take, take a couple pictures. I'd tell some stories. That's for sure. You'd get some stories too. Holy. Well, maybe. <laughs> okay. Benny, I, I got to ask here uh, your favorite story from the Olympics. You've told one here. 57 70 episodes of the deal but which one did i tell you 
the guy that was he wore the sign and was like chanting your name or something in the crowd. Oh, four four fifty. Four fifty, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um well I got a good one. Jeez, I don't know, man. Which one? It's the Olympics. I mean, I got He's oh, like, okay. I got, I got a good one. Good? I got a good one. No, no. The night we won the Olympics, um, I don't know. You guys would have been too young, but they had this uh, place just off the water in Vancouver. It was called the Canadian uh, Molson Canadian Hockey House. And that's kind of where everyone went to watch the hockey games. And there was like VIP section roped off for all the big dogs that were there. Like not us, like real big dogs. Yeah. And, you know, we went one night actually to watch one of the Canadian women's hockey games. It was awesome. Super packed. And, um, you know, we get in back door with our accreditation because we're part of the team. Uh, but it was impossible to get in. And you have to like, you know, people were paying like it's fucking it's like the the pump nightclub back door, 50 bucks to sneak in. Right. And um, we walk in, watch a game there. But the night that we won gold, I mean, we can't bring our families and friends to the village. And we had, you know, hundreds of people there with us. Right. All our because it was Vancouver. Yeah. And uh, we end up winning zip down to the CTV uh, big like building where they did like the fireplace interview with all the, the big dogs were there. And I remember walking in like Darren Detition at the time. I was like, Benny, a good Sasky boy. I'm like, holy shit. Okay, well, that's cool. And then, you know, we ended up zipping down to uh, the Molson Canadian Hockey House to meet all our family and friends after. We had our gold medals with us. And walk, we walk in, they take us straight to the VIP area. And they put us up on this thing at us. Like my, my girlfriend who's not my wife was with me. She was came up, you know, parents were there. I think my brother was there all my teammates, family were there. So there's like, there must've been a hundred of us in this area roped off. And it's just like, they gave us these massive bottles. They would have been like a Texas Mickey size of, um, of beer. And they were, they were uh, gold plated because, and you only wow. got them if you want a gold medal. Oh my. So my one, my one teammate like kept his, but they actually brought us up on stage that night. There's like, there had to have been, I don't know, five, maybe 10,000 people there. It was huge. It's mass, the biggest beer garden you've ever imagined. And it was in a tent and we, we go in and they bring us up on stage and we sang Oh Canada and they like serenaded us. It was crazy. There's like, I, I got fucking goosebumps right now thinking about it, but like, I remember just being like, Oh my God. And then at the end of it, we popped these fucking bottles of of molson and we sprayed it all over the crowd it was unbelievable yeah i was like 26 years old man it was yeah. like 12 years ago it was an unbelievable experience so awesome. i mean that was a cool one i mean we were like you know we were famous there for like you know 20 minutes yeah. so that was sick <laughs> and then the next day we actually got to go to the uh the men's hockey game when sid sniped the golden goal there against the u.s so we went on a little bit of a two-day heater yeah, to finish off the Vancouver. I asked you about that. Someone told me to ask you today that you party with like, the team that night. Well, a few of them, a few of the guys came back. They, uh, I think they had their own little system at the one of the hotels right across the street there where the Canucks play instead of being in the village and all their family and friends were there too. But uh, like Marc-Andre Fleury came back, Patrice Bergeron, Shea Weber and Sid came back actually. Those guys are. And so, yeah. so yeah, they're good at hockey and uh, yeah, it was fun. I mean, we were all young, man. Like we were kids. I mean, I was, I mean, Sid would have been 20, maybe 21. He yeah. was really young. Same as Shea. But yeah, we ended up having beer. I mean, dude, they're just, just normal dudes. They're just really good at hockey, right? Like we had yeah. a lot of fun and, you know, they didn't, uh, you know, they were certainly weren't big dogging us. They were pumped to hear our curling stories and they were telling their hockey stories. And yeah, it was just good to meet those guys and they're you know, beauty dudes. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, Benny, probably last one here. Um, who do you got for the NHL playoffs here? 
Well, I'm rolling with the Islanders wagon, boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How good are they um, now? Yeah, they're good. I mean, I, uh, you know, I live in Calgary. I like seeing the Flames do well and, you know, Canadian team. You know, I, I, you know, I'd like to see the Habs do well, too. Whoever comes out of the north, I'm, I'm going to be rooting for them, too. Yeah, looks like it's going to be the Habs. And, you know, like I say, I, you know, I keep in touch with Shea the odd time. So, uh, you know, I like to see him do well. But, uh, you know, being good buddies with Jordan and playing a bunch of golf with him in the summer, I, you know, if he came back with the Stanley Cup, that's probably the only way I'm going to get to be able to put my hands on it if Ebbs wins. So um, I'm on the Islanders wagon and I've been gambling on him like a like a madman, too. So they've been making me some cabbage. So I'm hoping uh, they can keep the pedal down because they're looking good. They're looking good. I love it. Anything else, Rip? Oh, I'm, I'm good. Benny, man, I, uh, I, we appreciate you coming back on, uh, episode 75. Um, yeah, we appreciate it, dude. Hey fellas, take it easy. Maybe we'll see you at the Royal there next week when I'm melting it. <laughs> All right, Benny. It. Take care. See you boys. Yeah. This episode of off the hosel is brought to you by last mountain distillery. Last mountain distillery is family owned and operated located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of green country. Our success lies in our commitment to producing high-quality, handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best-selling, naturally-infused dill pickle vodka, which is on sale all month long at many places across the province. Also, don't forget to try out their new hibiscus lime vodka, only made by Last Mountain Distillery. Alrighty, there it is, episode 75 with Ben Hebert. Such a beauty. Had a lot of fun with him again. Good friend of the show. Uh, yeah, a lot of his stories too. You know, just talking about what they've been up to with you know Team Cooey and their their journey back to the Olympics here. So they have trials in Saskatoon this year. Um, yeah, and we're rooting for Benny as always. And Troy, thoughts in the pod? Well, he's part of a higher echelon of the Offa Hazel Club. Two timer. Be- being a two timer, there's only been three guests that have been on our show two or more times. Benny you know- Hebes. Mr. Barnaby. And downtown. Dean Brown. Downtown Dean Brown, yeah. So three out of 75. It tells you we've had some pretty good content over the past uh, year and a half, right? Absolutely. But we really appreciate Ben coming on. Always has great stories. Uh, Again, I've known Ben for a long time, so always a hit when he comes on the show. He asked where you were, too. So like I said, we'll have something set up in the summertime with him and, 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 and his friends. So we'll figure that out and we'll let you guys know what's going on. Uh, I just recapped it in Troy. It was uh, you know, a great weekend up in Nippon. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the content. More will be coming. Stay tuned to YouTube as there will be some videos of us golfing with our, with our groups and whatnot, and we're mic'd up, so kind of fun, and plenty more golf left. But, uh, yeah, and you know, Dave Stewart was there, and all the boys are there. Well, so. speaking of Davey Stewart, the old uh, post show here is brought to you proudly by Molson's and uh, Mr. David Stewart. So today, tomorrow, sometime in the near future, try yourself a Vizzy Hard Seltzer. Woo! Meet the new Vizzy Hard Seltzer. With 100 calories per 355 milliliters, this variety pack has something for everyone to enjoy, including pineapple mango, blueberry pomegranate, strawberry kiwi, and the old so famous black cherry lime flavors. Try yourself a Vizzy Hard Seltzer today and drink Molson's. Get busy, get wild. There it is. There's the post-show. Troy, a big week next week again. As always, they're always big weeks. We've had... 75 weeks of podcasting. Three quarters to the century mark. Hope we have a cool, cool guest for 100. Well, I'm sure we'll dig something up. Nah, 
That's what we do around here. We just grind it out. Yeah. I want to say thank you, Drew, again. You guys did a hell of a job up in Nipawin. To all the players up in Nipawin, congrats. You guys uh, keep listening. We, we enjoy the feedback from you guys. I know, Drew, you got lots of it. Uh, little forewarning, I won't be there next week. Sorry. So uh, it was good seeing you today. Absolutely, yeah. Are, are you wrapping the show up right now? I love it. <laughs> Am I what? You wrapping the show up? You want me to wrap it up? No, I'll do it. All right. All right, Troy. Uh, yeah, as always, pleasure, bro. Uh, no Danny H this week. No, uh, no intern. The rip. Uh, but he'll be back next week. So Hagel and you know, and you and your following week. So, you know, we're gonna get back together all in one spot. We're gonna have a patio drink one night set up. We'll figure it out. But uh, a Tro- meet and greet. A meet and greet. Maybe yeah. sign some autographs. No chance. I will. All right. Okay. There it is. <laughs> There's, there it is. There's the podcast this week. Everyone else have a great uh, Wednesday. And enjoy your week. Have some, play some golf, watch some hockey, watch baseball because I know nothing about it. Other than that, we'll talk to you next week. Peace. See ya.